Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Not good. Don't use the first one. Yeah. Use the second, one. <laughs> second one. Andy, note to editor. <laughs> I've gotten real good at like leaving myself notes when I'm editing because I yeah. edit. I'm editing and recording. Just like in the microphone? Yeah, I'm yeah. editing and recording like four or five podcasts a week. Oh, through different yeah. things. And so a lot of times it's just like if I'm doing it remotely, like if I'm with on Riverside or somebody with something else, I'm watching as that other person's talking and I'll yeah. like I'll just be saying it in my microphone. Cut that. <laughs> Do you Amplify. actually say it like like quiet like that too? Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. Well occasionally like so one of the shows that I do uh is is a show that I'm literally like talking about it's with this company called Glue and in that show I'm literally like the guy that I do it with is in San Antonio mm. and so I told him at the very beginning like hey John if you see me like go like this to the microphone <laughs> don't worry about it that's just me telling myself <laughs> notes and so I feel like I kind of want to do that now knowing that you're editing this you can just in the middle just like hey Andy I love you by the way <laughs> <laughs> this message is only for you Andy I think you're my favorite mage <laughs> anyway uh we're still waiting yeah on, what are we what are we waiting for um oh, Mr. Executive Director himself uh, man gets a title and he's busy he, yeah he gets a big title and now yeah. all of a sudden can't uh yeah well to even... be fair nothing much has changed <laughs> i mean the, the late he's later does he does he watch you think he'll watch the beginning part of this nah yeah nah. we're just we're not gonna <laughs> tell him so here's the gag yeah. youtube out there uh we're we tried this last time and he caught on <laughs> so here's what we're doing we actually just started the episode and we're gonna pretend that we're gonna we're gonna restart and like i've got a hole open mm. and everything justin's gonna we're gonna do the whole thing but really, <laughs> this maybe is do note. another clap this if is, we need to. Yeah, yeah, Again. we'll do everything. Yeah. But really, this is the real intro. <laughs> so don't tell him. And then when he watches this or listens to it, we'll see how long it takes him to catch on. <laughs> don't tell him, okay? Hey, or yeah. share this with your friends. Don't spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil it. Justin, don't. how's the week been so far? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, this is This is my Monday today. So, Wait, what? Uh, this I is your Monday? Cut to myself. Yeah, this is my Monday. Yeah, that's right. You weren't. Yeah, in here. I wasn't. I wasn't here yesterday. I just no. took a. I just took a regular day. Took it a was, personal day. Oh, what? Took a personal day. I did. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was nice. I just kind of relaxed. Um, I mean, it was. It was just me. Elena was working. Um, I just had an extra PTO day to use. So I like that. I like yeah. that. What like what does a PTO day for Justin consist of? Like feet up. Like just mm. lay on the couch, watch TV, watch the yeah. same movie over and over and over, because that's what you do. Oh yeah, I mean Inception. Oh yeah, it's it's chips. <laughs> 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 I mean, in the case of in the yesterday, <laughs> yesterday there was a lot of hummus. <laughs> okay. Oh what? Well, so okay, this is I guess a big question then. Are you like when you're doing chips and hummus, mm -hmm. right? And let me know in the comments below. Uh, are yeah. you a like a tortilla chip? Are you like a Lay's Ooh. salt and vinegar or like an original, or are you like a pita chip type of person? So I, so none of the above, what? really. Um, yeah. So I, I said chip, but uh, norm. My favorite thing with hummus is just like wheat thin crackers. Oh, it's that's so not good. bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Now, do the, you do, do you do the full flat, the full fat ones? Uh, I do. I do full fat hint of salt. <laughs> so less salt, 
but uh, I feel like they're almost like a little sweet. Maybe it's just me. Well, I think so. I have long said that wheat thins are a little sweet, and I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's because I think that's maybe the wheat texture. I'm, I'm sure maybe. they put sugar in there just to yeah, make you addicted to it for sure. Uh, but I also think that. So like I remember when I was when I was growing up, you know, in my formative years, uh, it was a wheat thins versus triscuit debate, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't think triscuits. No, 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 no. It's like I, it's mm. like shredded wheat. Like I can't stand yeah. shredded wheat for breakfast. Well, not only that too, but I mean like. I, I don't want to have to vacuum after I eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most annoying part to me. <laughs> That's really good. I've never even thought of that. Have you ever seen like what they eat in, uh, I mean, shredded wheat is kind of like that, but in in England, in the UK, they have this thing called Weetabix. You ever seen what Weetabix no, is? No, I've never heard of that. Weetabix is essentially like a, it's like a six inch by six inch. So it's like the size of my oh. face. Yeah. And there's like maybe eight of them, maybe six of them in a, in a, in a, package right yeah. and like in a so you get a normal box of cereal and then you pour out your one weetabix and that's what you eat and it's just it goes kunk into the bowl and then you pour you milk just, on it do you just like chop it up with your spoon yeah, yeah i don't or? know I, I i assume so like you've had like regular shredded wheat before right like yeah. the big ones not the shredded mini wheats yeah 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 uh, but the so the regular, the regular ones yeah, yeah you, you know you, it, it takes a second and they get kind of like mm-hmm. soggy with the milk and then it kind of yeah. sticks to the back of your throat because it's like yeah. paste yeah like i assume it's just a big bowl of paste like the, I, yeah. I just i assume i mean like, those things like it i i don't i don't mind that like as like with milk and stuff but like you have to eat that within 10 seconds or it's oh, like yeah. no good oh yeah i mean this is the stuff that they they like make mortar out of <laughs> you know like i feel like you're just eating stuff building materials yeah i mean probably <laughs> like <laughs> maybe just I mean, do you think mortar is a little sweet? Because I feel like they put a little bit of sugar oh, on there. Oh, no. But... I think I think that's the reason they put the sugar in there is so oh. that, that you can eat the building materials. Because oh. otherwise, it would just taste like building materials. Wow. And then you would you would get to experience life as a termite. Wow. But no, I, I think I think a little bit further on. Okay, so so next <laughs> next question then. Are you a shredded mini wheat, like a frosted mini wheat guy? Or are you a strawberry frosted mini wheat guy? Ooh. So... If I had to choose, I'd one or the other. I'd probably choose strawberry, but I feel like I feel like I've probably had the strawberry once. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, they also, they have another one. It's a brown sugar, brown oh, sugar frosted. I haven't tried that one. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. You ever had Life cereal before? Yeah, I, I like Life. I, yeah, it, well, it tastes like Life and shredded mini wheats, like kind of jam together like if you could oh, do the jamming together yeah okay i mean i mean i i i the reason why i do like life and i i definitely like it more than the cereal like yeah. we're, we're both pro-life by well the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I, we, let me tell you i love life i love life i love life, life is amazing i love life but also <laughs> like regular life too yeah yeah Keep true going. the i like the life that you can eat also yeah Totally. Um, but I, again, for the sugar. Now, hold on. so I got a question for you. Yeah. If you have just like a regular bowl of unsweetened 
do you like Cheerios? I do. Okay. I do. Do you put sugar on Cheerios? Uh, when I was younger, we used to have, yes, yes. The, yeah. the answer to that is yes. Yeah. I would. The thing about Cheerios is that <clears throat> when we were growing up, my mom would always buy the like off-brand cereal, Yeah. which is fine. Like I, as a parent, I understand yeah. and I buy off-brand stuff whenever possible because oh, yeah. I am a big fan of saving money. Mm. Uh, and they don't usually, they're like 80% in the ballpark, right? Mm. So, but what we would do is we would get just regular white sugar and it had this like scoop and we would just take and you just <laughs> scoop it out. And then the idea was yeah. that you would walk over to the, to, you you know, you'd pour the milk in and then you'd walk over and you'd pour the sugar on or you'd like drizzle the sugar on and then you'd yeah. carry your bowl and try not to move it the bowl because the sugar would fall through the holes yeah. yep yep and, yep and then it would and you want it to get this like covering on it you know mm. you want it to get that like sugar dome that has yeah. has but instead what would normally happen is you'd eat your cheerios with the sugar on it and then we you would scoop on the bottom of I, the yep. milk and oh, you could yeah. and you would get that like that was so spoonful. good yeah yeah Are i you, would i would take my spoon and just like you dredge know, hit it. the bottom. Yep. Waiting, like you know. Oh wait, there's a pile right yep. there. Dredging. Scoop it it's up. It's like fishing. Yep. Right. This is like <laughs> this is what fishermen do. This is why they buy those radars <laughs> to find out where the where the snook are. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. The, it's the same principle. You're I've just been fishing you're fishing. Wrong. Yeah, you're fishing for raw table sugar, and they're fishing <laughs> for things that are healthy. Wow. Now you said you said that you. You do it unsweetened. So, like, have you, as you've grown mm. up, do you eat regular Cheerios without sugar? I, I do. I, I honestly, I can't remember the last time I put sugar on it, but mm. now I kind of want to again. Just remembering that. Yeah, but the problem is, like, you're older, and yeah. sh- that much sugar probably will have an adverse effect on you throughout the day. Because mm. I'm sure you're, you would, if you ate that. So here's the thing. I mean, talking with the rest of, I mean, the rest of like the creative crew and mm-hmm. stuff, like. And we were just even talking about this earlier today. Like David was just saying that he went to um, Hungry Greek uh, for lunch. So it was him. That's and why the bathroom smells. Yeah. Let me rephrase yeah. that. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> he doesn't ever put his his. Hey, Mike. Hey. Not yet. No. <laughs> we're, we're just talking. We're talking about why the bathroom smells like Hungry Greek. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Someone dropped something off. But David put Hungry Greek. <laughs> in. Oh, he actually. It smells like Hungry Greek because it's Hungry Greek. Yeah, oh. and it's in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want me to clap? Yeah, go ahead and clap. Go ahead. I don't think you've messed it up once. Not since we had the talk. The talk? Oh, there was a talk. Who had a talk? We all had the talk. The talk? Was it Mr. Ted? It was the birds and the bees. Well, you see... <laughs> Would you like some Skittles? Mm, I'll have one. I'm not going to chew it in the microphone because it's not that type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an ASMR it podcast. If you want to, if you want the to judge how good we're doing. All right. Should I count off? Yeah, please. All right. <laughs> that was, was a good that? face, Justin. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. In three, two, one, action. In an era of consistency, bringing results. <laughs> In a world of social media needing to be constantly posting, yeah, we here at the weekday value quality over quantity. Well, and we're just we're countercultural in a way that other people aren't. Jesus, countercultural. Jesus said right. to be countercultural. That's exactly right. Also, well, did, he didn't say it explicitly. No, but but it's an upside but, down yeah, kingdom. But you know. Yeah, I've listened <laughs> you know. to enough sermons yeah, to you know, know that this is an upside down kingdom. Of Welcome course. to the weekday. This episode is. <laughs> 
and we're back it's, after what episode should it be <laughs> i think it should be like 84 okay should that, should that should that just be like dubbed in or something yeah, like this uh-huh. is episode 85 yep. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. Uh, i'll do that later uh i'm gonna be editing this episode okay um so we have been off for like six weeks uh has it been it, six weeks? Yeah, it's been six weeks. Mm. Um, I, like, I think on the last one, too, he said, like, oh, well, we're going to be back to being a more normal. Yeah. Because we called it the monthly. Well, to be, to, I mean, to be fair, this is normal now. Mm, I don't, we don't <laughs> need it to be. So the problem. Okay, let's. Is normal? I don't know. We is need to. Re- P, is that PTSD? That's PTSD. They, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on three years of all that. Um, no, so we are uh, sorry that we abandoned you. Uh, we didn't mean to. There's just been a lot of upheaval and change. Uh, we lost our good boy, good boy Austin uh, Slade. God rest his soul. He's. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know my favorite emoji to use now is oh, the dude, half. Me too, dude. The half salute. I use, I use it all the time. Yeah, me too. Like it's just a half salute. That's it like is. my favorite. It's- Yep. Okay, hold on. Um, there it is. That one right there. <laughs> and it's like not a smile. It's just a. Uh-huh. It's a face with, and like that's my favorite one it's to use. It's a resolute salute. That's good. Resolute. Resolute. Oh. Um, hmm. That's that's a that's a thing. That's why um, we get paid the big bucks to make this podcast. We don't get paid anything for it. Brought to you by the emoji keyboard. Yeah, uh, there's new emoji coming out it's in October. Catch on. What, uh, is, what is it? What's the one that people are upset about? I don't know. No, I don't know yet. I just oh. know that there's flowers in there. There's like lilacs and all sorts of stuff. And they have name like lilac. And do you think people mm. are going to get upset? Probably. What oh, is for sure. so? Can we can we do a thing where like we guess what? My, uh, my guess is going to be it's a plate of chili that looks like an <laughs> elephant elephant turds, and that's what people are going to get angry about. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> I was gonna say like some religious iconography. Oh, yeah, like the coexist thing. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get angry <laughs> that it says coexist. Well, can't can't you not have like a picture of Muhammad? Like I don't. Does anyone not... know what Muhammad looks like? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, what if there's an emoji? Can we talk about this? Is this? Yeah, all right. Why not? Okay. Um, We're not gonna get shut down. Okay. <laughs> I just know that that's like a real. There are sim- way worse things on YouTube than what that's, we're doing. That is very true, and like. <laughs> In in all honesty, I don't know how many Muslims actually do listen to this podcast. If they do, though, write in because I would love to have a conversation because I think that's about religious iconography. Yeah, and about emoji. Like honestly, what is the most offensive? I don't know. Non-offensive. The offensive, non-offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like, because to uh, to me, a picture of Muhammad like would not be offensive. Obviously, that would be very offensive to a Muslim. Yeah. Right. Yeah, is what? This, is this is this too niche of a? I think so. Okay. I think I think we might be treading some dangerous territory. There's other websites for you to, to <laughs> go. On. I can forward you some other websites okay. that yeah. I have seen in my. I would say don't do that. Please don't for do that. The, yeah, for my sanity, for yeah, because mmage at bayhope.com <laughs> to find Mike Mage's. I'm things. A, I'm already subscribed to 8chan and 4chan, so you know. I'm not though. No, 4chan doesn't exist anymore. I, oh, it doesn't? No. Okay. No. See, it's now called 7chan. Are you why? What are the numbers and what's the chan? Uh chan we don't have time we to get know. into it, but I do know. Oh, uh it, okay. it is it started from an old IRC thing and What's IRC? IRC was Internet Relay Communication and okay. it was essentially Slack before Slack. Okay. But way back in like the Pre-Slack. Well, like I'm, we're talking like early '90s. Talking it was like chat rooms, Jurassic Slack, um, Jurslack, and, and it was it was 
chat rooms, essentially like Slack. That's where all the hashtags yeah, yeah, came yeah, from yeah, and everything. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is what yeah. Slack uh, okay. um, IRC was. It's okay. fascinating. IRC still up and running. People, nerds use it all the time. Nerds. Um, but anyway, we digress. Justin, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, thank first you. time, first time, long time. First time, long time. Uh, mm. We were just chatting that this is your Monday. Um, yeah. Do you get the so real quick? This is his Monday. Yeah, he wasn't in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And today's a Tuesday. Yes, I remember that. Uh, And yesterday was a Monday. I see. Uh, see. Justin, do you (laughs) do you get a case of the Sunday scaries or I guess Monday scaries like that when you know you got to work the next day? Do you get that feeling? Not really. No. Do you know? Really? Mm. You don't? I mean, not. Do you? So that depends. I I, I feel like I feel like that depends on how busy the week is. If it's a super busy week or whatever, like um then it's like oh man like you know now it's gonna be time to you know just kind of run look but, at look know, at my ground running do you see all of the blocks do you all want the- me to describe it to the people of the internet yeah it's so there are blocks and more blocks of colors there's just of, blocks everywhere of right? rectangular mostly but there are colors of days there's sections it looks like there are sections is this anyway? This is great. This is great. <laughs> um, we're gonna do this for another minute. The reason I ask about the Monday scaries or the Sunday scaries is that I, uh, I get them occasionally on Sunday evening, even though I work for a church and we work on Sundays. Right. Uh, typically, what'll happen when football is on? If mm. I'm watching the CBS game at four o'clock, or yep. it's on in the background just yep. for like the munge, the background munge noise, and I hear the from the sixty minutes clock. Yeah, coming up on sixty minutes, Deion Sanders or whatever. Like I. That gets my heart. I have palpations in my heart because I know I gotta go. I gotta like I gotta attack that calendar that we just saw. Yeah. The next and mm. it's us- my calendar is usually just a bunch of stuff. Is it the fact that it's Sunday or the fact that it's just a clock that's ticking down? I think it's a both and. Okay. I think I think there's a definite time bomb thing happening. Let us know in the comments below uh, or in the chat if you're watching this as live premiere. If you're afraid of a of a time bomb. If yeah or <laughs> you ever play, you ever seen that game? Uh, called um, uh, something like "Don't Explode" or "We're Gonna All Explode" or something. <laughs> Essentially, it's a party game. Oh, and, and like mm, people have to. And you have the yeah, diffusing uh-huh, manual, yeah, and yeah. then somebody else is trying to diffuse the bomb. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played that one specifically, but it's like a space game. It's essentially sort of like the same thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Justin, that you looks ex- fun. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. You have seen the yeah. space one or the the "Don't Explode" one? the "Don't Explode" thing. Yeah, I yeah. think we should try that here because it's a manual. Yep. Like you want to talk about team building? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fun to do. It's a, and it's a communication thing right. and all that, but also you can blow each other up. Right. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to talk about something that's actually a follow-up from our most recent episode, two, two years ago. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, gonna, we went from the weekday to the monthly to the yearly. Yeah, uh, we're, we're the bi-weekly or the bi-monthly now. Yeah. No, actually, it would be the semi-annually. <laughs> Welcome to the semi-annually. I'm Andy. Uh, we'll be right back. It's harder to brand. Thanks for joining us here on The Weekday today. And if you're interested in anything that we're doing with our global online community here at Bay Hope Church, head over to bayhope.com, type in digital into the search box, and join any one of our communities, either on Facebook, on Discord, or on any one of our social media platforms. We can't wait to engage with you and hang out with you. I promised we'd be back, and I didn't leave you. Uh, so You never do. I, I, am, I am a constant. You never do. I am inevitable. <laughs> uh, um, 
So before we snap each other out of existence, that, my friends, is a Thanos joke. Uh, we Last episode, we talked about an article called The Great Dechurching from Jim David and Michael, or Jake Meter in The Atlantic, uh, written, and it was about a book by Jim David and Michael Graham called The Great Dechurching. And essentially the topic was, where did all the people go? Yeah. <laughs> um, since 2020, people have left the church, and there has been a number of reasons why people have left the church, but essentially people are leaving the church because they're not able to find community. I think mm-hmm. that was like the whole kind of breakdown of everything, sure. right? Am I missing something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a follow-up uh, blog post read, uh, r- written excuse me, on September 14th by one of my favorite pastors out there, this guy James Emery White out of Mecklenburg Church in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, they're a multi-site church. Well, no, they used to be. used to be a multi-site anymore. church. Yeah, yeah they, I think they sold. They, no, they just like launched all their other campuses. And just said, like, gone. Your, your church. Um, James Emery White is a big proponent of hybrid church, of doing digital church and physical church. The fidgetal. Fidgetal. Uh, I can't stand the word <laughs> fidgetal. Uh, of doing physical and digital meeting together, uh, which I, I don't know if you knew. I am, I am too. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, but he actually wrote a thing. And, and one of the things, and we're going to get to this in a second, but essentially the question he asked is, uh, what's driving the great dechurching? Because there was another article that was written in uh, Christianity Today. The, it was the reason that people were leaving the church was not because of a lack of community, but a lack of theology, mm-hmm. a lack of like deep, sound teaching. And people didn't know what they believed and yada, yada, yada. And so James Emery White kind of collated all these things and, and said, okay, what's the real reason? Sure. He said, the answer, of course, is all of the above. Now, the blog post, and I'll link it below, and you can go read it. It's kind of a, an advertisement for his book, Hybrid Church, which is a great book. I've read it. Uh, it's, oh, really? Yeah, it's a great book. I love James Emery White. That yeah. guy, he's a great writer. Uh, written, specifically, writer. written specifically for churches wanting to thrive in a post-Christian digital age. He, so he says, what's the way back, essentially? Like how, how do we get people back? How do we get people back? Because as we talked about last episode, it was forming community. It was making sure we're big on community. Mm. Um, so before we kind of get to that, he, he, he says one key dynamic will never change. The church must be the church. Right. The church must be the church. And, and this is what we have to offer the world that the world does not already have, authentic biblical community. Mm-hmm. So in response to this article... What are your initial thoughts? And then we can kind of dive in a little bit deeper after that. Yeah. Um, I As I was reading it, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. Maybe we have. I mean, we've done so many of them and haven't done one in like two years. Um, the So this church, Bay Hope slash Van Dyke, <clears throat> was running at one point like 4,500 to 5,000 people a weekend. Mm-hmm. Definitely over 4,000 people. And that was normal. You know, like you couldn't find a parking spot. It was jam-packed, you know, in and around here. But there was a way that we were doing church that was way more like performance-based and almost like um, come see, you got to come see this. Like almost like spectacle kind of thing. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. That's the That was the idea of essentially the evangelical church starting in the late 80s right. all the way up to, you know, it was the seeker-sensitive yeah, yeah, yeah. generational model. And so, like, tor- like when I got here 2014, we were still in that model, but it was, like, already starting to become, you know, like... Passe? Yeah. It was or already starting... Cum- cumbersome. Yeah, it was starting to move its way out. 
people were starting to want something different. But like we as a church hadn't fully adapted to or like we're, we're continuing with this model that really didn't make sense. I mean, you could argue, did it ever really make sense? Uh, that's not what I really want to do right now. But I we can. I think that's a fascinating conversation to have. Well, and I think that the model of like you have to come here to engage with the church rather than like you engage with the church because of the people that you are around um, worship can look like a few different things. It doesn't need to be a performance on a platform with all the lights and all that kind of stuff. And obviously I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that because I mean, well, just, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth then Mike. <laughs> I do. There's some nuance to this uh, D all the above. Right. Mm. Um, so I think that, so for like our context, we as a church where we're like, trying to move away from that between 2014 and 2020. Um, and we, even though, so like 20, 2008, 2009, we were running like the most people we've ever had here, but you could argue our church was essentially the most unhealthy that it's been in a long time. Yeah, it was a mile, mile wide and inch deep. Yeah. And so, and even though it was like, we had effective ministry, like, don't get me wrong. Like there was a lot of effective things that were happening, but like the amount of people that were coming versus what the church was actually doing, you know, it's, it's almost like the, we, you 2020 happened and like, we lost a lot of those people who thought that we were the church that is like the performance based thing. And so we ended up like, you could look at our numbers and be like, Oh my gosh, we hemorrhaged like so many people and all that kind of stuff. But I think what happened was we as a church started to, 2020 helped us make the decision to be like, we are no longer going to be a performance-based church. Or, you know, we're making this shift um, for our worship specifically. Um, and we had to redo, rethink about how a lot of, how we were doing church, how we were staffing people, um, how we were going about. I mean, like we came out of 2020 forgetting how to do like very basic things yep. as a church. Partially because like, what was holding that up before 2020 was just like the tradition of doing it. Um, but, and like we had a first time guest process, you know, we had uh, a membership class or whatever we had mission trips and all that kind of stuff, but no one, but the only one of the only reasons we had them is because we had always done them. And so I think what happened in 2020 was the church was forced to essentially shut down, you know, for all intents and purposes, obviously like we as a church did not close. Um, but it forced us to like rethink about all of this kind of stuff. And I think whether your church or whether a, a local church was ready for that, it ended up happening. Um, and there were more churches that were able to discuss those types of things or maybe in a position to adapt, maybe create a new model for the way that they work their mission. Um, and I, I think that there was a lot of casualties from that. And Oh, sorry. And then even the people who are coming, who were like, you know, the, the mile wide inch deep type thing, like even for them, they had, to, they were starting to be like, wait, why do I even go to church anymore? Yeah. And so they're just like, well, I don't go to church other than to just go see something. And my life hasn't really changed now that I can't go and see something. So, like, why do I even need to be here? There was a so that's a that's a cool setup, and I don't think you meant to do it, but um, 
James Emery Wright writes, writes, in an opinion piece for Christianity Today, Luke Helm, who is the writer of this opinion piece, uh, writes of skipping out on church for three years, so essentially during the pandemic, only to return out of spiritual loneliness. His reason for the initial departure, and it says, quote, faith and church have been tough for a lot of people coming out of the pandemic. I'm one of them. The last three years ushered my wife and me through two job changes, a cross-country move, and months spent hunkered inside trying to keep our young children healthy and ourselves sane. By the time the world began to reopen, so much felt different. Of course. Until recently, I could count on one hand the number of times I've physically attended a church service since March 2020. I could give many reasons for our absence, a toddler and a newborn disillusionment with a church tradition that was once home. I want to put a pin in that. Uh, Enjoying a second weekend morning i also want to put in that sheer exhaustion and more Mm -hmm. and i can resonate with all All of of those and i work at a church and i can resonate with every single one of those and then then he goes on but if i'm really honest one reason stands out the further i get from church the less christian faith makes sense of sense to me the physical drift begets an intellectual one so that's the end of the quote james henry white then then goes on to ask the actual question so what brought him back Helm ended his essay by noting that the quote-unquote strength of togetherness was uh, what not only drew him back, but what he noticed most about being back in church. Mm-hmm. So the entire this entire article is kind of a treatise on the people saying, well, this is, this is it. This is, the, right. this is the end of the church. Yeah. This, is, this is how church ends, because people are stopping coming, because mm-hmm. they don't want the attractional model, sure. because they're rebelling against all of these things. Mm-hmm. And instead, what we're finding is that people that are coming back to church are actual the spiritual uh, the spiritually spiritually sensitive ones. Sure. Excuse me. Uh, one of the things that happened last week, and then I'm going to turn it back over to you and, yeah. and Justin, was that last week we had our um, like an executive and leadership team day away. Right. So it was all of the executive directors and pastors. We gather in a room for all day, and we chat and we you know talk and it's loving and learning essentially, or loving and leading. And so we spend like half the day. Talking about prayer requests and accountability and, mm-hmm. you know, personal things. Yeah. And then we'll spend a, a, a solid portion of the day uh, talking about actual church things. Right. And one of the things that we're ta- working on is this sort of action plan. Like, yeah, we're an action. But, but what it is essentially is how do we define a mission and a vision into, or how do we distill, quantify, really? uh, yeah, distill mm-hmm. and quantify an, a mission and a vision? And one of the things that we have to do with that is we have to contextualize everything. Right. We have to uh, contextualize it internally, and we have to contextualize it externally. Yep. And one of the things that I kept coming back to, and I finally spoke up and said it, was our external conflict, our external contexts had nothing to do with different age groups. It was just sort of ge- broad, sweeping sure. generalizations, yeah. and that that was it was nobody's fault. It was just like. Those was, were what was that was just like kind of what was there. It was yeah. hey, the rent really sucks right now, and yeah. um, the real estate prices are really really high in Tampa, which were the third what third or fourth highest uh, cost of living in in the United States behind Miami and like Los <coughs> Angeles right now. Yeah, I mean real estate. Yes, uh, it is. It is more and more people are it's supply and demand. More yep. and more people living here. Yep. Like there's less demand and yeah. or there's less, less supply, supply more yep. demand, right. et cetera, et cetera. Everything's very expensive around here. Which so. it is everywhere, but like I, I feel like everything is very expensive mm-hmm. around here. I mean, the the well, like the the multiplication, the exponential growth, and then has contributed to it. Even though I think countrywide we're like pretty average it is way more expensive than it used to be right and, which is the and, hardest thing and the wages themselves yes, have, not have not gone up yes 100 uh, with it and so yep. it feels very pressing anyway one of the things i kept coming back to was the external context of what how we're doing church right now is that we have a generation behind us yeah and even kind of behind justin yeah. although I, I feel like justin's kind of on the leading edge of it where people are way more tolerant 
they're way more, uh, and by tolerance, I mean tolerant of everything, mm-hmm. good and bad. They're right. way more tolerant. Sure. They are way more introspective, yeah. uh, which rightly or wrongly, that's because of phones and because of information and anxiety and depression and everything being on the rise. And also, uh, they are way more spiritually sensitive than you, or I, you and I were. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of contributing factors to that. But that's our context we're living yeah. in. And so we see that people are saying this is the death knell for church. And James Emery White is arguing, and I'm arguing, and I think you're arguing, like, no, no, this right. is time for the church to be the church. Because people are actually, the people that are coming back, yes. the people that are logging on, the people that are walking in the doors of a church, by and large, they're not coming for the show anymore. Correct. Because you can log on to Strike Force 5 mm-hmm. and get a show every morning with yeah. you know Jimmy Kimmel and his, his merry gang of idiots. Right. Um, not that they're bad, but it's kind of bad. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they, they would call themselves idiots, too. So Yeah, and they, <laughs> you can definitely tell they need writers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so your thoughts on that, and then I want to kick it to Justin. No, I well, got a question so, for him. I mean, a good example of this is so, you know, we're talking about, like, the church was essentially declining in attendance as we began to rehab or maybe push closer to what we think is a healthier mission and model to... to um, properly uh, express what our mission is as a church, you know, 2014 to 2020, we're seeing more and more people leave, seeing more and more people. um, And then 2020 happens and we come, we reopen and there's way, way, way less people because of the disillusionment that this guy is talking about. Um, We kind of have to relearn how to do a lot of things. But since last year at this time, uh, we have grown in physical attendance, uh, sorry, in uh, altogether attendance, eleven percent. Yeah. Uh, in physical attendance, we are outpacing the country um, by ten percent. We are growing forty percent. We have grown forty percent in physical attendance, eleven percent overall. U.S. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> so I just so the fact that that people think that like oh the church is dead, people are not coming back. Like that is not what we are experiencing. Like we are exper- experiencing. A an exponential growth year over year. Oh, uh, yeah. um, bing! Um, I'll see if I can put a card yeah. in, in right, right here. Year over year growth. Um, that that we as Bay Hope Church, Van Dyke Church, in the last like thirty plus years have never experienced before. And so, part of what James Emery White that I uh, that I resonate with, and you know, to sort of tack onto what you're saying, that like you. Um, sort of agree with what he's saying is that uh, there is an obvious and always going to be a need for the church as a vehicle of God's love, grace, and mercy in a community Um, that can be expressed in a lot of different ways. And when we reduce church to just a show, when we reduce church to just um, an attraction to come and gawk at, uh, we are, we deserve to not grow. (laughs) You know, like it deserves for like people to not show up to that because there's way too much access to way too many things that are always going to be better than what we're able to put on as a production on Sunday mornings. That, that is a that's a reaction, of course, to so that that exact thing right there. When I first started, I've been in ministry 15 years now, uh, yeah. which I'm, I just turned 40. So for, 15, 40 doesn't seem old. 40 seems very... Like do we a, clap? When do we start clapping for people's age? 60. Sick. Okay. Shoot. <laughs> You're early. I'm early. Um, All right. 
65 when i think when retirement age Although, then you just like oh you did it you're up but you're you're alive one more day congrats buddy <laughs> um you're at work one more day no so i simultaneously feel old and young at the same time yeah. i feel like i've been doing ministry a long time i feel like a grizzled vet because yeah. i've been doing this 15 uh-huh. years 14 of them full-time um which is a long time yeah the flip side of that is i still feel young uh and i'm able to see generational trends happening right sure. The generational trend I'm talking about, I feel like I've seen two or three of these now happen. And the one that you're responding to was right when I started ministry and right when you kind of were getting into Mm -hmm. it was that it was like, man, we're going to do everything bigger and better than the world. We're going to bring people in with we're going to we're going to create a movie that's going to look awesome. Our albums are going to sound great. uh, Or if not great, then we're going to just take whatever heavy metal band and then copy it mm-hmm. and call it Christian. Yeah. Or we're going to take whatever magazine is out there and call it Christian. We're going to redeem these secular songs and play them in church because we're edgy. Right. Like Toy Story. We're mm. going to do Toy Story at Easter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the Hulk and things at Easter. Yeah. And what I think we're finding is that didn't work. Mm. Uh, and I think... Well, the, I think it worked for that time. But I think the calling happened sure. during the pandemic, which yeah. is exactly what this, yeah. this thing is. So I guess the spiritual exercise we need to go through is... What do we do now? Yeah. Like, how do we, we talk about hybrid church, like everything's hybridized now. Yeah. Um, I, the, I ran up against this when I was uh, searching for like some sort of like dog food or something like that. Couldn't buy it online. I was like, well, looks like I'm not buying that. Yeah. Like I, I could research it online, but I couldn't buy it right. online. I was like, well, looks like I'm not, if yep. I can't do it digitally, I'm not going to do it. Sure. Um, so Justin, I want to turn, I, I, my question to you is, so you're younger than us by a, a considerable margin. Do you want to, do you want to tell... <laughs> Do you want to give us your age and your social security number right now? Um, yeah, well, they're both the same. I'm very old. Right. What's no. your mother's maiden name? <laughs> what and, is, what's the city yeah. you were born in? Yeah, yeah, city you were born in and <laughs> your favorite school teacher. And did you have one of these cars? Was one of these cars the last three cars? <laughs> <laughs> Toyota Corolla, uh, Mercury Mountaineer, yeah. Dodge Dakota. You had a Dodge Dakota? Wow. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first car? My first car? Yeah. Uh, it's actually the car that I'm still driving. No way. Yep. Congrats. Mm. Get out of here, man. Congrats. Yeah, it's a, it's a Mercury Mariner. Yeah. Mariner. Yeah. I yeah, I thought it was Mountaineer, too. Because uh, that makes sense. It it's does. It's an SUV. Yeah. Why would you drive that thing into the water? I don't know. I've seen The Office. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, so, Justin, my, my question to you is, have you seen, first and foremost, have you seen the trend shift in your young years? Have you seen the trend shift? And second of all, like we're not going to fix church today, but like, what, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to title this something to the effect of like, how can we fix church or is church broken Ooh. or, you know, something really clickbaity like yeah, that. I love that. So be ready for that. But second of all, like in response to this article, what is the, all of the above for you? Like, what is that? What, what would, if you had left church for three years, what would bring mm. you back? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to say the you come same back to thing church that ever? you said in the article, yeah, okay. Because I feel like that's a that's a that's a cheap way out. Sure. But I do one hundred percent agree with what he said in the article, yeah. which, which I mean, uh, what he said was it was the togetherness, uh, which is the um, the important aspect that um, he, he felt like you get in church, um, but. Um, not, I, I wouldn't say not anywhere else, but like in church, you get that, um, the, the biblical community of, of togetherness. Sure. Um, so there, I, I don't want to say as, as much as I don't want to say that, I feel like I do 
<laughs> kind of have yeah. to right. because I, I feel like, I mean, I just feel like that is the answer. I mean, uh, or a, a really, a really good answer. Cause I mean, the other stuff that he's talking about where, which he also mentioned, um, earlier in the article, earlier in the article, which I think it actually might've been a quote where he said, um, uh, I wish I could have the article pulled up right now, but he was talking about how, um, there's other reasons, you know, why, um, I, or well, you listed some of the reasons. Yeah, the why deeper people... uh, Daniel Williams writing for Christianity Today suggests that the deeper issue is a weak ecclesiology at the heart of most Christians' theology, particularly evangelical theology. Yeah, uh, that is that what you're talking about? Is that the the very first quote? The one that I'm thinking of is the first quote where he was quoting the article that we read. Oh, he says contemporary America simply mm-hmm. isn't set up to promote mutu- mutuality, care, or common life. That. Rather, keep, it's designed to going. maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success. The the thing that I'm thinking of, so the very last sentence, it had it had something to do with the math problem there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Workism reigns in America, and because of it, community in America, religious community included, is a math problem that doesn't mm, add up. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's good. I, To me, I felt like I, I feel like that's something that I see a lot, and I, I feel like part of that is also because... Um, that was me for a little bit too, mm. where, because I grew up in the church. Oh, I should probably switch my camera. <laughs> nah, that's okay. You can just see me looking at my computer screen the whole time. <laughs> I was paying attention. Well, I mean, I grew up in the church, um, and then we stopped going to church for a while. Yeah. And, um, later on, you know, Sinner. after I got a little bit more, a, a little bit older to where I could actually decide for myself whether or not I want to go to church that weekend rather than you know letting my parents decide for me yeah um it was it was difficult and it was spotty and the reason why it was spotty was exactly because of that which um it felt like um at the time it felt like if i wasn't going to church i was getting certain time on my weekend back yeah you know um even though uh you weren't having any value yeah exactly like i mean Let's be honest. I probably wasn't, you know, doing anything like, sure. you know, amazing during right. that time. Yeah, I was, yeah. Most of that time I was probably just sleeping anyway. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's, um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's disappointing how difficult it is to make the decision against that. Um, and the reason I, I feel like the reason for that is because when you're not at church, kind of like what he said in the article, even when you're not at church, it's harder and harder to justify going sometimes. Mm. I, I feel like partly because of um, or maybe all of because of the the distance um, that you might feel sure. away from, I mean, Christianity and uh, I mean distance away from God that you might feel even if it's not um, distance that's it's more distance that's perceived than anything. Yep. Um, well, it's it's crazy. I was listening to uh, a podcast the other yesterday actually about um, this thing that I'm like nerding out about. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it's about drum corps and you know music and all that kind of stuff, and they were talking about this drum and bugle corps from like 30 years ago. They were talking about the members of it. And he's like, you know, kids back then, <clears throat> right, wrong, indifferent or whatever, they just, they didn't analyze things as much as kids analyze things nowadays. Mm. And then on top of that, mm. they didn't have all of 
the like extra things in their life to compete with. And so we, he's like, so we had to teach them how to do things a lot more than we have to teach kids now, but they didn't have to compete with all these other things in their life. So like they had all of the time in the world to just make it perfect and make it right to be excellent. And like, while that's not exactly what we're talking about, it is the heart of that issue is the same exact thing. Yeah. Like we are, especially in America, we are so much more educated than we used to be. Like we know and have access to information, like the most information we've ever had before. On top of that, we are shoving everything in our life, like every square inch of time is filled up with something for sometimes um, from a culture perspective for the sake of like growth or for the sake of careerism or workism like it's talking about. And, you know, if church is just a place for me to come and feel good about myself, then like, well, I don't need to come to church. Like I can do that some other place on my own time in a shorter way. And I don't have to do it around people that I don't really want to be around. Like, yeah, no. So the, you have like church has to be a place like the gospel will always be compelling. Yeah. Church at its finest, at its purest will be the most compelling place ever. Um, the most compelling community. But like when you start sacrificing some of that compelling, the compelling nature, because it's difficult to cultivate, it might not go as fast as you want it to be. You know, you, when you start comparing yourself to other communities or whatever, you know, you play the comparison games like, oh, well, we could grow a little bit more if we do this, but we'll have to maybe sacrifice a little bit of our spiritual integrity to make that happen mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, detrimental factors that play into that. I would say my last thought on this is um, along that line. Yeah. So it's twofold. So we had a conversation. Uh, do you know Yes Theory, the YouTube channel? Yes, yes. Theory. Mm-hmm. So they did their most... Re- and Justin, do you know Yes Theory? I do, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they're the Seek Discomfort guys. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, their most recent episode, they went to a prison in Korea for yeah. 48 hours. And it's not like prison, prison. What it is is that you get a cell that's essentially the size of like a walk-in closet. <laughs> and you put your phone outside this door mm-hmm. for 48 hours or however long. And then I've seen this. literally you just sit there. Yeah. And there's a window and you can make tea. And, and then they... they it's a you, silence retreat. It's essentially a silence retreat. Silence um, retreat yeah, it's, it's that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so a bunch of things kind of mishmashed on top of that. So they came out with these, after 48 hours, they came out with these huge spiritual revelations. Like, yes, of course, they're mm-hmm. they're younger. They're like technically Gen Z as well, sure. like late 20s, early 30s. Like they'd never had, they had, one of the one of the co- quotes was like, the guy was sitting there saying like, I haven't been without my phone ever in my life for longer than, you know, and he, he was automatically, like he woke up from bed and was automatically reaching uh-huh. for his phone. It was like, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I can kind of see that. Um, I have that tendency in my life. So that, w- there's a there's a, lot, a through line here. Follow me. So the phone thing. The second thing is like I, I, we you just said we have access to more information and we're jamming as much as we can into every single moment that yeah. we have mm-hmm. because uh, FOMO uh, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's something that advertisers play off of. It's something Absolutely. that mass, mass market and mass media plays off Constantly of. Constantly missing out on something. It's something that church doesn't know how to deal with. Sure. Still does not know how to deal with. This church in particular, we do not know how to deal with FOMO. We can try, yeah. but churches of our size do not know how to do it because yeah. we're not huge and we're not small. Right. We're like caught right in that, it's stupid to say, the small megachurch mm-hmm. size. Yeah. We, we are though. We are just 
above what is the classification of a megachurch. Right. And so we're, we don't know how to deal with FOMO. Like, we don't know how to create the FOMO like mm-hmm. some of the bigger churches do. Not saying it's right or wrong. We, right. just, we don't know how to because we don't have... So there's, there's that line. There's also the other line of when you jam every single life is full of workism and as full as you can of in, information and doing things all the time, and you don't give yourself time to breathe, yeah. you don't allow yourself time for community. You don't allow yourself time to actually think and process things. And then you get, and I love her. We have a person that is on our staff. There's two people that are on staff. They're married. They have two kids. We love them. They're part of our family. They have a six-year-old daughter, right? She was talking about this at our director's meeting. Um, She Uh, has eight eight or nine. Okay. eight or Oh, the same age as your son. Yes, it's Caleb. Eight or nine-year-old daughter. Uh, And she has feelings. She has feelings of anxiety Mm -hmm. as a nine-year-old. Yeah. And she is a, by all accounts, she is a normal girl. Her parents well are normal. smart. Yep, incredibly yeah. intelligent, like knows the Lord, loves the yeah. Lord, all those things. Her parents are middle class, white Americans with good jobs, a nice house, have everything. Never, she has never had to worry about food right. on her table. Mm-hmm. But she struggles with anxiety because she knows too much. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. Like, right. it's not against the parents or anything because, like, well, this is just the world we live in. Absolutely. She goes to school. She is surrounded by so much information. She comes home. She's there's, surrounded there's, by there's information. There's pressures at school that, yeah, are, that are put upon her. And not again, not right, wrong, nope. whatever. Like, But that's just that's the world that we are living in. Correct. And so I'm making this whole through line. I'm not saying it's phones, mass media. I'm saying it's a conglomeration of all of these things yeah. put together. Where do you fit? Where do you find time for church? Where do you find time for community? Like, I feel that pull. I don't have time for community. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to do that? And the question that I need to ask is like, how do we fix that? Mm-hmm. How do we, we brought up with the very beginning of this podcast or what you think is the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> we thought we are thinking about how we are doing countercultural things. Yeah. What do we do with that information? Can we save that for the next one? Cause I have a really good thought. Do you? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Unless you want to spit it. Well, we've been going long right now. No, I have. Uh, it's going to take a whole nother episode, but like. Okay. I'm fine with that because I think there's a. And and because I want to give it the time for me to actually like lean into this more with the mm. idea that I have. And you're going to be fresh off vacation for yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you're going to be spitting. Dude, I'm either a... hot fire oh. or you're going to be laying out just like chilling. I am. Braids in your hair. I'm going to be so countercultural. Yeah. <laughs> Braids in your hair. Steel drum feeling uh-huh. hot, hot, hot. Um, Yaman, yeah, <laughs> island time, man. Um, last little thing for me, Justin. Thanks for being here. Uh, mm-hmm. With you being our token young guy, even though you're not, you're not technically that young, but like you're hey. you're younger than us. <laughs> so technically, you're our token young guy. Yeah. Do you feel that Thank pressure you. of workism in your life? Do you feel that pressure of everything surrounding you all the time, even mm. at your advanced young years? So. Maybe I'm wrong, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. wrong. I, yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> that was good. No, no, you missed the high five. We're yeah, done. yeah. Well, um, I feel like um, that's something that's – and this is, this is just going from what I see. I feel like this is something that's impacting um, the younger ger- generation a lot more than um, the older generation, but I also – kind of feel like it's a little bit of a gradual thing that's bleeding into the other generations also. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like it's almost like if we have like the all the generations on a timeline with younger over here, older over here, the pool of that is here and it's kind of like, like a piece of paper that's being like soaked and sure. kind of gradually traveling up. Gravity. Yeah, gravity. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Work so I, I don't know. Do you do you agree with that? I don't know. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I I mean I think that. Um, twice as much. Well, <laughs> twice as good. <laughs> I think that there are certain cultural pressures and expectations and assumptions put on maybe each generation, um, and what the older, like the boomer generation, expects of the younger generation is what they is what was expected of them or what they assumed that they would get if they were to just do their job or you know go to college there's like certain cultural expectations that were very different 40 years ago um 50 years ago and the world has changed a lot since Mm -hmm. then and so i think that the younger generation has to not only deal with what the cultural what the um generational expectations are of them uh but also the culture it's that is built on top of what already the cultural expectation of what they think that they should also have does that make sense yeah yeah it does and then and then yes yes, it is working itself back Mm -hmm. up through the ages for sure yeah hmm I think we can keep going for hours on this yeah. topic. We are going to have to cut this off now. I do yeah, want to come back. I do want to come back and have all those other chats. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for joining in on the discussion. Mm-hmm. I have a way Pre- to fix this. Appreciate I have a way you being to fix here. This. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying for the next one. Oh, like, you're going to fix church forever? I'm going to. Well, I'm going to fix whatever is the problem with our culture and like all of those problems ah. and all that kind of stuff. I have it. I have. The, Why do we have to wait? It's called a tease. Yeah, okay. Uh, find out next time how Mike solves church. <laughs> We're just going to call it Mike solves church. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the most listened to podcast. Or people will just delete it immediately. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining in uh, on our semi-regularly podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the weekday here at Bay Hope Church. And if you are watching this on YouTube, do us a quick favor and like and subscribe. I know you hear this all the time, but it really does help everything that we're doing here on our YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, do us a quick favor and follow us on Spotify and leave an awesome review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.